0: the power of their data was Sabi, another Boston based championship team.
1: Oakland A's baseball is just an hour away.
0: Here's the pitch, and
2: Brown, five ball, deep center field. Tavares back. He'll turn and watch that one
3: fly off the back wall. The pitch. Fastball, strike three, called. High octane at 95, a half a dozen Ks for Caprillion through four.
1: It's time to take you inside the clubhouse with the A's Total Access Pregame Show, presented by Chevron.
2: Swing on a fly ball, right field and deep, and Haggerty's going back. Hit the track, you will turn and watch it fly. And Laureano goes the other way with a three-run home run.
1: Follow the A's 24-7 on A's Cast, your home for nonstop A's baseball. A's total access with Chris Townsend starts now.
3: We got a little Saturday night baseball for you here on A's cast and the A's radio network. Aller against Herman. It's the athletics. It's the Yankees. Game three of a four-game set. And then after... We're going to have drones, it's going to be Nickelodeon, you cannot beat it, it's going to be a fun Saturday night here at the ballpark, so if you're driving around, there's there's tickets still available, if you're driving around, come out to the ballpark, another beautiful night, the voice of your Oakland Athletics, Ken Korak joins us, how are you Ken?
2: I'm doing well, Chris. Like you said, a little Saturday baseball, a little evening style, and it's a great night for ball out here.
3: You know what? I like these games. You know, we get so used to and we love the day games because our weather's so beautiful on Saturday and Sunday. But I do like the change and doing a little Saturday night baseball.
2: Well, plus we had the 430 or what was it, 415 last Saturday, Chris? So it yeah. enables you to get some stuff done during the day, maybe come out in the late afternoon or early evening, get home before it gets too late. So... Yeah, for a change of pace. I've always kind of felt that the 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock on Saturday every once in a while is a great idea.
3: I don't know if you've noticed this, but this guy, Aaron Judge, in their lineup, he's pretty decent.
2: Yeah, he needs one more home run for 50. It's not quite September 1st, Chris. Is that, is that any good?
3: I, I, I mean, I, I'd take him on my team, I guess. I could work him in somewhere.
2: I think 60 is still a big deal, don't you?
3: No, oh, I believe I, I think believe he's going to he passed- get there. I believe, I believe if he passes Roger Maris, we're going to have a real debate on the real home run record.
2: He's going to set. I mean, he's got a great shot to set the record for most home runs by an American League right-handed hitter. That record is 58. And then, of course, Maris's American League home run record is 61. So, yeah,
3: you're right. I mean, there'll, there'll be a debate for sure. You have a wonderful call, and I'll talk to you after the game. Okay, buddy. Up next, Billy Bean, the Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations, will join us next as we talk about the 2002 season right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron.
4: Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente.
5: in the front we'll take out that tree install a new fence you're gonna call 811 right isn't that just for excavators no dude calling 811 is for excavators homeowners contractors anyone natural gas lines and other utilities can be buried anywhere call 811 two working days before any digging project to get all underground lines marked for free Thanks, deep voiced narrator. You're welcome, dude. Brought to you by Southwest Gas.
0: This is A's Total Access.
5: Well, we start with our
3: conversation with Billy Bean about what he remembers about getting started for the 2002 season, what it was like for the organization and for him personally.
7: Well, uh, a lot less gray hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, you know, it was such an intense time for. For the organization, myself personally, I mean, every day, I mean, it uh, again, and part of it was youth. You know, I was a very young guy. Uh, it was David was even younger. I think that was David's third year with us. His first year is 2000. Uh, so he was very young in his career. Paul D. Podesta was still here. The old gang was, uh, yeah. was all together. And, uh, uh, and again, just it, 20 years, it, it, it does seem like a long time ago. I mean, 20 years is a long time. Uh, I, I still have incredible memories. The one thing about obviously the uh, the elephant in the room is, is that was the year that, you know, Michael used to write the book. And in some sense, that team will always sort of continue to live on uh, in the memory of, you know, not just ace fans, but even people who weren't necessarily ace fans because the book, even to this day, you know, credit to Michael continues to have uh you know uh fans and and readers not just in the states but around the world it's funny i was on the, i was on the phone uh, call from a, a gentleman who actually he was in mallorca spain he, he lives in london he's italian and uh, we were talking and i explained i said hey I, i've got to get off i'm doing an interview and he goes and, and he knew all about the team he knew all about the book despite <laughs> the fact that he grew up in in italy uh so uh Again, you're, you're never going to forget, I, mean, I won't, you know, th- this team will always sort of go down and, you know, historically because of so many things, not just the streak. Uh, but, you know, what's interesting. And it, the one thing, and was, before we were getting ready to speak, Chris, I sort of had to, you know, think about myself, like, what's the thing that I remember most about the streak, uh, not just the year, but the streak was all I remember was we won 20 games in a row and barely moved the needle on the angels behind us. Which, you know, you asked me the question about, you know, where was I in my career? I mean, I I didn't relax for one day because we still we won 20 games. And the idea that you could win 20 straight games and maybe not win the division was very much a possibility because the Angels were so good and were almost nearly as as hot as we were at that time. And so you never really got to enjoy every single win because there was uh, just so much need to win every game because the Angels were right on your your errand. And as everybody know that that knows that team was uh, very good and they went on to win the World Championship. That's how good they were. So uh, the 20 games, you think 20 games, you, you'd be in a great mood for 20 days, but you were just really on the edge of your seat because you're looking over your shoulder the whole time. Uh, the other thing I remember about this streak, and we could talk about the whole season and some of the players, but uh, uh, I, 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 knew when, I, I almost knew 100% I say that, you know, but that when it was going to end. I, you know, we had had some miraculous finishes. Uh, I think Miggy had had a game yeah. when he hit, I think, on a day game against Kansas City. Uh, in fact, a couple of games in that series, obviously, Hattie's home run in the 20th game. And I think the twins, I believe we had a, I think Miggy might, have. Maybe, did Miggy hit a homer against the twins maybe in the weekend before just, we were just having just incredible comebacks. But I remember we had, I think we, we won on a Wednesday, I believe the 20th game was on a Wednesday and we had, I think we had an off day uh, on a Thursday and we were traveling and we played Minnesota. And at that time, Minnesota was a good B. the Metrodome was arguably uh, one of the toughest places in sports to play. that time playing in the metrodome and i think radke was pitching against us i think was brad radke i think i'm pretty sure that was the matchup i'm not completely sure but he just knew like wow this is going to be really tough to beat these guys we were sort of a little mentally exhausted from it i say we because i was too uh but you kind of knew that that was going to be the night and 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 it was but uh but that team i'm really looking forward to this weekend. you know As many years as I've been here, we have a lot of, you know, weekend events with some of the, you know, you know, teams of the past, which are wonderful. But I think of all the ones we've had, this is one that I'm looking forward to because I really love those guys in that team. And I sort of look back and, you know, you talk about where I was in my career. You know, now when I walk in the locker room, uh, I'm I'm definitely a lot older than everybody in there. (laughs) (laughs) So... You know, and, and I start yeah. thinking about I start thinking about the group now, and I was not that far. Some of the guys were older than I was. You know, we had guys in the team. I, I was that. I remember I was looking the other day on, on Doug Jones, you know, the late Doug Jones, unfortunately. Um, and when I, when he, I was the general manager, he was old, quite a few years older than me. You like were in five. better. You were in better shape than some of those guys on the team. Uh, I, you know what? I think I worked out more than them. Mainly, that was sort of my stress relief. Was during the games. It's sort of common knowledge that I would work out yeah. during the game. And and in fact, the twentieth game, I, I must have put in six miles in the treadmill. And we were still only in the fourth inning, so I had a lot of energy still left in me. But uh, uh, but yeah, looking back, I was not that much older than a lot of the guys. So I, I there was really a, a I had a real uh, strong relationship with a number of the players. And uh, particularly Hattie, you know, Scott, who I'm still friends with, he works for us now. We, we actually, yeah, so we're, you know, very, you know, very close. And, and I look back, they're really a good bunch of guys. And, uh, you know, beyond being good baseball players. And, and the other thing, too, is that, yeah, that was the team that was coming off. The one the team was an amazing team. I still think the 2001 team, in my opinion, is the best team from pure just talent and balance that, that I've ever had since I've been here over the years, and I really thought it was a team that was deserving of a a title. You know, it's one to me, it's one of those teams, like, you look at the Indians of the 90s that were one of the best teams for a long time that never won a title. I think that 2001 team sort of fits in that category. Because they didn't win the title, nobody talked about them. Fast forward to 2002, I remember when we got beaten in 2001, the night, we got home about 3 in the morning, me and Paul DiPodes were watching everybody unload their bags at 3 in the morning after a tough loss to the Yankees in game uh, with Game 5. And I remember looking at Paul and just saying, and, and knowing that Johnny Damon was going to be gone, Jason was going to be gone, Jason Jambi, Isringhausen was going to be gone. And I just go, wow, we may never see a team like this. So we were starting 2 a little bit personnel-wise in this huge hole. I mean, you went 101 games. I think it was 102 or 101 games. And you lose star players, MVP caliber players. You know, Iz- Izzy was uh, one of the best relievers in the game. Johnny Damon, you know, uh, is you know, enough said. And so going into that season, there were so many people who expected, you know, just a huge drop off. And for them, I th- we ended up winning one more game when it was all said and done.
3: It's great stuff. And we'll have part two coming up in just a little bit. And you can watch the entire interview. It's 30 minutes on the A's YouTube channel or listen, athletics.com slash a'scast. Once again, part two coming up in just a little bit. But we got some updates from Jessica Kleinschmidt right here on A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. When Northern California businesses need some
6: pop in their lineup, they call the bank rooted in the East Bay.
2: Who's feeling pretty good about the car they drive right now? Ask anyone who owns a
0: Honda. I love my Honda CRV.
8: I'd recommend a Honda to anybody.
0: Pricing? I mean, for what you get, it's amazing.
2: According to J.D. Power, Honda is the number one brand for residual value. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your NorCal Honda dealer today.
4: Based on J.D. Power U.S. ALG 36-month residual value forecast for 2022 mainstream models. For J.D. Power 2022 award info, visit jdpower.com/awards.
5: Visit NorCalHondaDealers.com.
3: And we have Jessica Kleinschmidt with us here in the booth, here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron. She's smiling. How are you?
8: I'm good, and we are all jacked up on gummy bears, Townie.
3: By the way, I've had gummy bears in a while. I forgot. Very tasty. They
8: are very tasty. I would. Do you have ever to put agree.
3: them like in ice cream or?
8: You thought I soaked them in like vodka or something?
3: Well, uh, they were coming from somewhere in the Coliseum, and I have a lot of experience. It in was this a building. very
8: lovely fan who gave me gummy bears, and I'm hoping. This isn't all I eat today.
3: Plus, you need to remember I've worked a lot of Raider games, so I've seen a lot There here.
8: are different kind of gummies that we're talking about. I have some news for you, Townie. I
3: need, well... First, the Danny Jimenez news awful out for the rest of the season.
8: Yeah, so that means the bullpen's going to be shifting up a little bit, which, of course, means it's going to impact the starting rotation. They're actually moving Zach Lowe, who's been giving a lot of starts, lefty guy, into the bullpen right now. And that's why we saw um, Adrian Martinez in the locker room today. He's going to be stepping in, um, and that rotation be in a starter role to take over for that. And we looked at Jared Koenig yesterday. He's working on kind of being a – a long-term or a long reliever in those innings. And he's doing a really good job. So they were looking at Logue, filling that role just the same. Maybe he can come in, add some velocity off of that. Koenig had a 94-mile-an-hour fastball that Kotze really loved. So maybe some of those zips can be active added onto the velocity of that so that's going to shift as far as that goes um, but yeah losing Danny Jimenez is really tough but they did bring back Austin Pruitt I was surprised they even brought him back down to AAA in the first place but we know how the season's been so there's going to be some changes as far as the pitching staff goes
3: so Pruitt back Jimenez out for the rest of the season and I know this is not sexy I hate it but this is a reality of the game if you are not going to allow your starting pitchers to pitch past, like, five innings, somebody's got to eat up innings, and if you have a bunch of guys down there they are just one-inning guys, that doesn't work. So, as you said, Koenig we saw last night, Logan now. You need more than one guy, and if you start talking about puck, Lo- okay. You need guys who can pitch two or three innings out of the bullpen.
8: And you have to remember we're still waiting on Brent Honeywell to get back up as well. And I think he, the reason why he's actually pitching back-to-back days next week to see how he can elongate some of these bullpen sessions because he'll be coming out of the bullpen as well. That's just going to add to more – you know, meat coming out of the bullpen. And I think that's interesting. And Koenig did a really good job coming out of the bullpen. So it's just interesting to see them take a step back. And Kotze even mentioned, remember, Chris Bassett did that before where he was a starter, and I believe it was Blake Trinan who landed on the injured list. So he had to go take over when, when Blake did come back. Or I'm sorry, he did take over for Blake and um, coming in that closer role. So there's times we have to make these adjustments, but, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think Lowe can be very beneficial in that role. He's been able to elongate some of his starts as much as possible. Love a lefty guy coming out of the bullpen. And so we'll see how that works out.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, you've kept Brett Honeywell alive because we forget about him all the time. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, that's an arm that maybe could come back and probably I think about for next year, is a guy that will be competing for a hopefully healthy one of the guys when we talk about competing for a job next year in the starting rotation yeah
8: i think we just want him to be healthy I, you know i think about aj puck a lot and aj puck when he was injured there weren't as big of setbacks as maybe we anticipated. and you have to remember he was stretched out to be a starter him and Lazardo were up in the ranks as far as the prospects go and he's found success coming out of the bullpen. So I'm hoping Brent Honeywell kind of has the opposite success coming out of the bullpen, and then eventually being uh, stretched into a starter. I think it's going to be a little bit of a longer role, but you know.
3: By the way, we've seen Brent here. Have you been able to talk to him? Because it's like it's like he's here and then he's gone. And he's moved somewhere. so he does like he a little wasn't work here. He here in the last
8: couple of days, okay. and I think that's because he's been. They're still trying to monitor him, and I'm, I think I said back to back, we talked to Nick uh, Paparesta yesterday about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's just staying with the team. I will be uh covering the reno aces in a couple of days going down there look they're at play, you they're playing the aviators so get you maybe brent will be there um so i can see how he's doing but from what i'm hearing he's been consistent he did really well with stockton i feel like that's the same thing with with the um aviators as well i'm a little worried about that outfield though townie and we know sky bolt is injured at the moment ramon L'Oreano is coming back he did have a pretty successful batting practice he's picking up some of those um Baseball activities and doing really well with that. They're still going to assess him, but it's just another loss for the outfield, just something that we can't count on right now. I
3: mean, you don't have enough num- numbers when guys are healthy. Yes. Let alone when you don't. Quickly, anything else? Uh,
8: the uh, Mark Kotze did say he was asked about Aaron Judge, if he ever played with a guy that he can compare Aaron Judge to, and he said, quote, yeah, his name is Barry Bonds. And Who? I have to explain this to you all over again, but I think it's really cool. He did say, however, Aaron Judge did have a different demeanor, and I think we know what that means. He's very much more approachable, very much all of that. And if you guys listen to my interview with Marley Rivera, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Aaron Judge in orange and black coming up here Don't soon. Say that. Don't I can't say that. imagine what a free agency will look like for that man, but there are very few teams' process of elimination who are going to be able to afford him. But if you are being called the Barry Bonds of this now era, you deserve all the money.
3: By the way, I have a new nickname for you. What? You know what it is? Any idea? I have no idea. Paychecks. We're paychecks. gonna start calling you because you keep collecting paychecks. <laughs> Going to be Reno Aces. I mean, you're all over the I place. I will say,
8: I'm not getting paid by the Reno Aces. I'm doing this voluntarily. But it's for, it's for, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. <laughs> It is for the kids, yes.
3: Great stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
8: Thanks, Tony. Up next, we're heading to Stockton
3: for our buddy Alex Jensen, Around the Miners, brought to you by A's Total Access, and it's brought to you by Chevron.
9: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
5: Hey, Ace fans, check out
6: Longport Fish Company, an exciting new chef-driven seafood restaurant located in the Veranda Shopping Center in Concord. Longport features the highest quality lobsters, oysters, king salmon, flavorful cioppino, and much, much more. It features a full bar of craft cocktails, local brews, and a curated wine list. Longport Fish Company is for all occasions, too. Date night, business meetings, catching an A's game at the bar, or bringing the whole family. Check us out at longportfc.com on Yelp and on all social media.
0: With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band.
8: Next up for lead guitar.
10: You're in.
0: Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank
4: for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.
8: Ask Sherwin-Williams during the Endless Summer Sale, August 26th through September 5th, and get 30% off paints and stains with prices starting at $29.39. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.
0: You're listening to the A's Total Access Show.
9: This is the Minor League Report. I'm Alex Jensen with the Stockton Ports, and we're joined by A's fifth rounder in last month's draft, Jack Perkins out of the University of Indiana. Jack, thanks for joining me, first of all. How's your experience been so far? You're getting your feet wet in in full-season baseball, out with an affiliate. How important was that to you to do that in your first season as a professional?
11: I think it's huge. You touched on it, you know, just getting your feet wet, being around the professional atmosphere, getting to compete at this level um, around similar minded players. You know, I'm getting to be with professionals every day, get the ins and outs of what to do, what not to do. And I think that's going to be very beneficial for me moving forward, going into my first full season next spring.
9: What are the main differences for you from a competitive standpoint, getting out to an affiliate as opposed to pitching in Arizona?
11: You know, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, just the competition, uh, getting to move up a level, you know, whatever that be from, the ACL to low A, from low A to high A, and on up to the big leagues, Like you just continue to face better and better competition. And at this sport and at this, at this level, you have to yearn to keep going higher. And for me, like that is something I really tried to pursue this year in college is just to continue to improve my competitive nature competitive spirit. And I'm really excited to be out here right now. I'm excited to keep proving to people what I can do and to keep having success and hopefully to keep moving up levels and face harder and harder competition.
9: After you signed, what was the process like? As a pitcher who threw over eighty innings in his college season, what was the process like when you got to Arizona? And what was that process like to get acclimated into the A's organization?
11: Yeah, honestly, it was very fluid. Um, a lot of great communication with Gil Patterson, the pitching coordinator, um, all the facility people. You know, just getting used and, and acclimated very quickly. Um, like I said, very smooth. Gil's been awesome about talking about our, our pitch limit, you know, inning limit, and making sure we don't overuse us this first part of, or this first short season. But get like I said, just getting your feet wet and biggest thing, being healthy and confident going into the spring next year and going into Instructs later this fall. Um, so it, it's been a great transition. I've loved every part of it, and it's been pretty smooth. So it's not, nothing to complain about, that's for sure. How do you see yourself as a pitcher? What are your strengths? I think it just reverts back to that competitive nature. Um, I have power stuff, you know, power fastball, power cutter, power breaking ball. Uh, and developing a changeup still. Um, but for me, I think my pitches rely heavily on my competitive spirit. You know, if I'm willing to fill up the zone and really attack guys, get ahead in counts, my stuff plays up. I already have plus stuff, but being able to utilize plus stuff ahead in counts allows for a lot more success than trying to fight when you're behind in counts. Um, that's when I have really run into trouble in the past is, you know, getting behind in couch and then having to groove a fastball or do whatever it may be to get back in account or, or to be aggressive with hitters. So for me, just competing at the highest level, um, not being afraid of any one hitter, going to my strengths usually versus the hitter's weaknesses. And obviously throughout a season, there's time to uh, reverse that order. But right now, especially being a very new face to a lot of teams and, and competitors, just going out and trusting my stuff and being as competitive as I can be early. You mentioned the cutter. When and how did you learn that pitch? Yeah, so I learned about two years ago. Um, I was back home, I had a lot of trouble commanding my breaking ball for strikes. Um, it always been a put away pitch, like one I could get away with the two strikes, bouncing it or whatever it may be, but landing it for strikes was always a little bit of a difficulty. Uh, so I wanted another pitch that I could throw, behind in counts or early in counts just to throw people off of my fastball because, you know, when the same hitters are seeing only two pitches throughout an outing, they can get pretty used to, you know, sitting on one pitch or doing whatever they need to do. Um, So for me, the cutter's been a great addition. It's it's a power pitch. I can get it in on lefties. Um, I can throw away and make it more of a power slider to righties. Um, It's just a really versatile pitch that you can manipulate and do a lot of cool things with. And for me, it's been really beneficial uh, to get some quick outs. So really enjoyed it.
9: You mentioned your breaking ball has come a long way as well in the last few years. Do you feel like the implementation of the cutter in your repertoire has helped the command of your breaking ball?
11: Yeah. I mean, I think that's something I've really noticed this first short season being in professional baseball is giving people different looks. Like I mentioned, developing the changeup, like it's still not great. And I still don't throw it very consistently, but it's another look that hitters have to see and have to put in the back of their mind. And especially when you can throw them all for strikes, it just constantly has a hitter guessing as to what pitch might come. So I think the cutter kind of gets people away from thinking every breaking spinning pitch is going to have depth. It allows it to have a little more side to side movement than my breaking ball has a little more depth that I use more of a swing and miss the cutter is more just miss a barrel you are a Tommy
9: John graduate you had Tommy John and right after the 2019 college season the season that your team at Louisville at the time actually went to the College World Series but what was the process like to bounce back from that surgery the rehab process and then kind of getting back to feeling like yourself again because I know it's not always a linear progression with everybody
11: Yeah, you know, it's a grind, both mentally, physically. I mean, honestly, the hardest part is once games start back up and your team's playing competing at the highest level, especially a team like that that I was on. You know, I think we were top five in the country those first two years. Um, Very talented team, just having to watch them go out and compete and do those things and not being able to be a part of it um, and help that team be as successful as they were. But on top of that, you know, it's an up-and-down process. Like. You really have to learn to take the positives out of each day because you're not going to feel great each day, but you got to find a way to stay positive throughout that process. Because if not, you know, it can be um, a very defeating feeling, you know, because you're always sore, you're always working through something mechanically, physically, whatever it may be. But, you know, I'm definitely grateful for it. It made me persevere, it made me work on my mental toughness, it made me grind through a lot of different things that I don't know that I would have really looked into had I not gone through that. So, very thankful for it. Wish it wouldn't have happened, but at the same time, I learned a lot through it. Now, you graduated from Louisville in
9: three years as a double major in finance and marketing. Now, how did that come about? I mean, what was the process like to graduate in three years? And when you set about to pursue those fields, what did you kind of have in mind?
11: Yeah, so both my parents, uh, both self-employed business owners. Uh, My dad did commercial concrete and construction for a very long time. My mom now does some uh, storage warehouse business. Um, and my dad has done commercial real estate too. So growing up with entrepreneurs um, and people in the business field, it always was very attractive to me um, being my own boss and, yeah. and knowing the ins and outs of that. Um, and for me, the business and marketing side were kind of the side that I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen that corporate level side of it that I was able to see on a day-to-day basis when I was at home. So it was very intriguing for me to get involved in those fields knowing I potentially would be going into the business field at one point. Um, and time hopefully after my baseball career, if not during. But um, yeah, in high school my parents really pushed my education. Uh, my dad was the first in his family to graduate college, so he really pushed my, me and my siblings to graduate. And in high school, you know, I was taking a lot of AP and dual credit courses and was over a semester ahead going into my first year. And then throughout my time at Louisville, just taking summer courses and as many classes as I could to accomplish that three-year feat. Um, usually that's your second draft year. So for me, I wanted to be done going into that. Um, knowing I could just play baseball. Jack Perkins, appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Yep, thank you.
9: With the Stockton Ports, I'm Alex Jensen, and that's today's Minor League Report. More of A's Total Access is coming up next.
0: Ashby Lumber. Now there are even more reasons to switch to Verizon, the network America relies on. For real? Yep, for real. Turn in your old phone and get the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4 free with select 5G unlimited plans. Definitely switching. Totally. Everybody's switching to the network America relies on, Verizon. 5G Band available in select areas. 999.99 dollars 99 device payment purchase with new smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required. $200 Verizon e-gift card with ported. Less $800 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trading conditions apply.
4: Progressive knows that most people don't get to experience making a game-winning touchdown or a walk-off home run. So we're going to talk to you like you did something great so you can bask in the glory. No way. Is it really you? You're the one who bundled their home, auto, RV, and other vehicles with Progressive, right? Hold on. Let me grab my friends. Hey, guys, check it out. It's the one who saved the money. If you can't bask in sports glory, at least you can bask in the glory of saving money when you bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
2: Now, here's the 0-2 pitch. Waved it, and Cole Irvin strikes out the side.
1: A's Cast is your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Visit athletics.com slash A's Cast for on-demand and live coverage of the Oakland A's. Now back to A's Total Access with Chris Townsend. Presented by Chevron.
3: Time now for the stat of the day brought to you by Mechanics Bank. We're talking Big Murph. Last 38 games hitting 304, 946 OPS, 7 dingers, 19 RBIs, leads American League catchers and hits, tied for RBIs with 43 and second in home runs with 14. Bottom line. He's having a fantastic second half. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Time now for the injury report brought to you by Kaiser Permanente. Remind you to stay safe, stay positive, and stay healthy. Visit kp.org today. Here is Mark Kotze on Ramon Laureano.
10: Yeah, so we're going to check in with Ramon. Obviously, the activity level has been increased in the last two days. Uh, we'll have a conversation after BP with him in terms of how he's feeling uh, with the workload that we've, we've kind of asked him to get through. And uh, determine, uh, uh, I'll probably have more for you tomorrow.
3: Hopefully, we get him back soon. Coming up next, part two of our exclusive interview with Billy Bean, right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron.
0: Here comes the pitch. Johnson's dialing in with Ring Central. Smart move. Ring Central lets you call, meet, and message all from the same app.
6: Johnson is really stepping up this quarter. She moves to share her screen.
0: And the client loves the presentation.
6: An excellent play by Johnson with the assist from Ring Central.
0: With Ring Central, you can talk to anyone, anytime, all from the
8: same app. Ring Central, simpler communications.
9: is A's Total Access.
3: Well, we had Billy Bean on A's Cast Live for an exclusive talking about the 2002 team. Listen to it, athletics.com slash A's Cast, or you can watch the entire half hour at the A's YouTube channel. And we talked about going to be great to see Miguel Tejada back here at the Coliseum.
7: Oh, I mean, it was, it was funny. I got a... I got a message from uh not too long it was a couple of months he, he sent me a note and uh and i had heard from him in years so it was nice to communicate with him because like like everybody every fan what you saw on the field with miguel the personality was exactly the guy that was in the clubhouse it, he just was just such a good guy a tremendous talent too uh really a tremendous talent and so i'm i'm gonna be looking forward to seeing him as well and it was good to see that he's coming out and i know uh huddy uh, will be out here hattie will be out here Mulder, i saw i think i saw mark Mulder coming out here i think terrence long is going to be just it, it, it's been a it's a really good turnout and uh again i'm looking forward to seeing these guys too i just saw ramon actually it was uh uh was in the clubhouse about a month ago and, and elvis andrus i walked by elvis andrus and he was on a facetime at the time with ramon hernandez <laughs> who like elvis is from uh, venezuela and so i he kind of he stopped me He goes, hey, here's one of your friends. And, and I spoke to Ramon, who I believe was, is managing in Mexico, I believe, right now uh, as, a, as a manager there. And it was good to talk to Ramon. I saw him here one time, too. And it, it was funny, you, you know, because you want to talk about the O2 team. I remember Ramon uh, just I, Ramon just such a mentally tough, of all the players here, he was one of the most mentally tough kids we had here. I mean, he really. I, I, again, people, you know, forget he was a really good player, good offensive uh, catcher, good defensive catcher, and it's funny. I, I sort of one of my one of the things I was always a proponent of, and was I never liked collisions at the plate with uh, with catchers. I just thought it was just a play that didn't need to happen. I've always thought that, and uh, the Posey, you know, injuries certainly. I thought. Prompted rule changes that I think have been good to the game. That's my opinion. I don't buy into this like a catcher sitting there waiting for somebody to clean his clock is a good idea. Yeah, the old Mike
3: Socha sitting there blocking the plate well before the ball ever got there.
7: Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't. Again, I just think these are vulnerable positions. Now the catcher has gear on, and, you know, and sometimes, but still, I mean, just I just don't think it's a great play. And I, I was always a proponent of the rule changes that we have now. I think it's been great. And since they put them in, you don't see those kind of Injury causing collisions. And so the reason I tell this story was uh, Ramon, who was a physically tough guy. And uh, I remember uh, we, we, we lost a game in Kansas City. It was a crazy game. And I can't remember the year. It might have been 01. I, I don't know if, I think it was 02. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, it was like a 15 to 14. It was one of those crazy games. Make, at the end of the day, uh, Ramon, there was a play at the plate. Kansas City scored. And, and there was this thought that maybe he could have blocked the plate to save the run and win and 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 I remember saying, I remember going to Ramon and going, I don't ever want you blocking the plate. I said, I'd rather lose one game I than lose that. you for two weeks. And uh, that was my belief. And, you know, cause he certainly was tough enough. I don't think necessarily, you know, blocking the plate is necessarily a very pragmatic idea with one of the most important positions on the field. And that was the message I used to give when Kurt Suzuki came over here. I, I told Kurt, cause he was here when the rule change happened, I said, Kurt, I don't want you sacrificing your body for one run. I I need you for the whole year and I'm willing to give up that run or that game uh, for you to stay healthy. And I, and again, I think the game has evolved, but the reason I remember Ramon is that Ramon caught a little grief, you know, from, I think the general, not the general public, but just people like, why didn't, why didn't you throw your whole body there? and, And what, and, and to me, it just wasn't a good idea. And I remember saying, don't ever do that. I'm fine with you. Not, blocking the plate and getting hurt for one run it doesn't I want you healthy and because he was certainly tough enough uh and and again my my point of saying this is that not only was he physically tough but he's mentally tough he's the he's one player I remember I could literally go up to after a game we used to have this little like wager with each a wager it wasn't actually a wager it was more like kind of a fun game where you know I when he was a really good hitter was when he went to right field so I, I told him every time he pulled a pulled the ball, I was going to, you know, I was going to get on him. And every time he went the other way, you know, he was going to sort of win that, uh, win that uh, event. And you could really sort of put this kind of pressure on him. And he really responded too. and again, people, you know, it's been a long time since rowan has been here, but he, he was a real, real important part of that team and a part of that group of players that was around for a couple of years.
3: And you think about your pitching the only way you're going to have these streaks is not only do you have to have the arms, but they got to get hot together and Hudson Boulder Zito and then Corey Lytle. I mean, um, so, so sad about Corey, but remembering him, I mean, nobody was hotter in the game during that streak than Corey Lytle.
7: Corey was unbelievable. And, and, and it was so satisfying, I think, for a front office because, Uh, we, we really, Corey came over in the Johnny, uh, I think it was a Johnny Damon, Mark Ellis deal uh, was at, and, and, uh, we really wanted him. And one of the reasons I wanted him, I was a little bit obsessed with getting him. He was kind of a middle reliever up and down guy with Tampa, but I recall, and I think it was 2000, we had a game in September when Tampa came in and we needed every single win, as you know, because we won it on the last day and Tampa was a team at that time we should have beaten. And he, I think he came and it was in Oakland. The game was in Oakland and he shut us out. And I, and I never forgot that game. And it was like that from that moment on, I was kind of obsessed with getting a guy who seemed to be very <laughs> underrated. And we were able to include him. At, in fact, he was the guy that we were insisting on to complete the Damon uh, Ben Grieve uh, deal, uh, which was, I think it was after 01. Oh, yeah, was that? No, it was after oh, 2000. I'm sorry. And, uh, and so to see him sort of blossom the way he did as a starter with us when that was always the plan was to put him in the rotation, uh, was really satisfying to everybody. Cause he, when he got on a roll, he was really good. Uh, you know, good running, kind of a good running fastball sinker, a really good split finger. And really, again, about Corey, he had this sort of self-confidence about him. I mean, he, he was afraid of no one when it came to playing the game baseball. And he, um, he was really, when he got on a roll, he was tough, and, and he was, as you said, he was critical in that streak. That's why the streak happened. We were able to just throw out a starter out there every game, you know, beyond our offense and defense, and just that starter could shut you down, and that's a pretty powerful thing in this game. Ah, uh, Billy Bean,
3: it's great. The whole half hour, listen, athletics.com slash cast or watch it on the A's YouTube channel. Tommy Evers, the hitting coach, with Ken Korak next as we get you ready for the A's and Yankees. Right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron.
1: Here are some easy tips to get the most out of a time of use rate plan. Number one, during peak times, get your dishes loaded and your clothes ready to wash or dry. Then wait until off peak times to press the start button. Number two, run your AC during off-peak hours, then nudge it up to 78 degrees when peak hours begin. Number three, one of the easiest ways to conserve energy is by turning off appliances, televisions, and lights. To see more easy tips, visit pge.com touinfo TOU info.
6: Drive sober or get
9: pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Over the past 30 years, I've had people come up to me, often other lawyers, to tell me what a clever marketing idea it was for Cordell & Cordell to commit to men in divorce. So intended as a compliment, such statements have always bothered me. For one thing, it's far from clear that a decision that's likely to disaffect half the market is a good business decision. But more troubling is the presumption that Cordell & Cordell's success is largely a result of good marketing. I think if you ask one of our 300 plus attorneys or one of our 100,000 plus former clients that you'd hear a lot about practice skills, experience, client care, and integrity. These are the much harder things that best account for the growth and reputation over time of any law firm, including Cordell & Cordell. Having said all this, I am proud of our marketing messages, and I do want guys to know that we're here to help them. If we can help you, give us a call. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Sacramento area attorneys. 500 Capitol Mall, Suite 2060, Sacramento, California, 95814.
0: You're listening to the A's Total Access Show.
2: Saturday baseball at the Coliseum, it's game three, the A's and the Yankees, and Tommy Evers, the A's hitting coach, is with us. And Tommy, you guys came out early today, had some early BP out on the field. What's the main thing you're trying to accomplish with the early batting practice?
10: Yeah, you know, we've been doing uh, some more hanging curveballs. You know, the guys have been hitting the fastball well, and, you know, the, just the next progression. And, uh, you know, Shea hit a breaking ball out the other night, and uh, Jonah got his first homer last night in a breaking ball, so... The only way to get better at things is to do them, Ken.
2: That is a great moment for you to witness, and that is the first Major League home run.
10: Oh, it's tremendous. You know, he's been working on, you know, driving the ball a little better pull side and... uh is the bats are getting better. And when you see that happen, you know, you're just so happy for the guy. I mean, th- your first homer is the coolest thing probably going.
2: You know, I guess when word gets out that you're a good fastball hitter, it would stand to reason you're going to see a lot of breaking balls.
10: Right, right. And that's the idea. It's like the league challenges you with fastballs. You show them you can hit it, and then it's on to the next challenge. And Jonah just does a great job of attacking, uh, you know, issues that come up, you know, and he takes care of them.
2: You know, correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy, as I watched the replay of his swing, a Bride's swing, and the home run down the left field. It looked like he was out in front just initially, but kind of recognized the pitch, was able to stay back enough to drive it out of the park and keep it fair. Is that fair to say?
10: Yeah, yeah, that's what we've been showing him. You know, we got the contact point, and you'll see fastballs are a little deeper, and the breaking balls are a little further out front. Not a lot, but... Yeah, you just, you're basically holding that energy to release on the ball, and he did a tremendous job.
2: What did you see from, now it's it's just one at bat, back from A, but Dermis Garcia went down to the minor leagues, and it, it looks like, you know, not just based on the one hit in the ninth inning, the pinch hit that drove in a run, that he's learned some lessons down there.
10: Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, the way he was going when he left, like his work was great, and he's on the right track. and. You know, you go down there and you just build off it. And uh, Just the confidence he had to go up there and just attack that first pitch, that's a tremendous sign, I feel. You know, it's not being careful. It's doing what you what you normally do. And uh, he took a good swing on a good pitch, got a ribby.
2: you guys tried to get him a little shorter to the ball?
10: A little shorter and a little move into the ball. You know, when you have a move into the ball, you're shorter because – It's like you're already on track to hit the ball, you know. Um, He kind of is a quiet guy, and when you're quiet, you know, sometimes you get stuck. But, uh, I mean, that was great.
2: Huge challenge for your hitters on this homestand. You know, Garrett Cole yesterday, uh, the series against the Marlins, you get, you know, three guys in a row who were lights out against you. And and I know we've talked about your hitters trying to learn things sometimes even from not being successful, but how much of it also is to not get down on yourself and realize you're facing some guys who can be lights out.
10: Yeah, you know, like Luis Castillo, the game before we beat him, and you know, those Marlin guys were tough, and even Lizardo didn't give us many opportunities, but it's funny, as the game's going on, I was loving our at-bats because any mistake he made, we 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 were swinging at it, so you know, sometimes you just got to wait out the mistake, and they did a great job of that.
2: Have you become kind of a part-time psychologist this year?
10: Oh, I've been doing that <laughs> every year I coach. That's, I'd say that's like 80% of the job, you know, is, uh, hey, letting them know that they're better than they think. You know, like, you know, sometimes we get caught up in our own head, and sometimes they got a bent, and just letting them do that, remembering that they're people. Yeah,
2: what's the thing you've enjoyed the most about the job?
10: I just I love the guys you know like uh you really connect with them and you know I always say like if I'm gonna be away from my family I'm gonna you know care about these guys the same way as I would care about them every day and uh you know I think that's the only way to like you said the psychologist part is sometimes you, they just need a ear yeah
2: is Henny coach Tommy Everidge with us Townie and we'll send things back over to you.
3: Great stuff. Going to be a fun night here at the Coliseum. It's the Yankees and the Athletics, game three of a four-game set. Got the drone show after. Nickelodeon, you can't beat it. Let's get going. A's baseball next, and I'll talk to you after the ball game.
5: Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. How do you make the most of your land? Shaw
4: does it behind the wheel of the John Deere 1025R compact tractor.
10: Shaw stands for skilled hands at work.
4: And he lives up to the name as he uses his versatile tractor to make.
10: The earth take the shape that I want it to take.
4: And the Allens fire up their John Deere 3032E compact tractor to grow about nine acres of flowers. Because the beauty of having land is deciding how to make it yours. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a Deere.